to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, Pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking to Cass Marshall over at Polygon for a recent article that she put out uh, regarding her experience with Sea of Thieves. She's been covering the game since the get-go and does a lot of work over at Polygon, and was one of the few people that I've seen that has really supported the experience of Sea of Thieves. So I wanted to get her on the show to talk with her about that, as well as her feelings uh, about the game in general and what could be coming in the future, as well as what's come in the past. All that more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. Thank you so much for for jumping on with me. I wanted to, to reach out to you after I saw uh, your latest article. Um, with Sea of Thieves, and I wanted to talk a, a little bit about kind of you before we dive into the article, because I think the story that you told was amazing, um, as a pretty much all of the ones that you've written. But this one in particular really kind of uh, hit on a, a, a topic that I wanted to talk with you in particular about. But um, for those that aren't familiar, uh, you're, you're a writer over at uh, Polygon, and you've been writing for Sea of Thieves since basically it came out but you also do a lot of writing for other uh mmos as well so um Cass, did you want to kind of maybe touch on what you do over at polygon and, and what kind yeah, of drew you to that so i've been at polygon for about three years now i think and i tend to do a lot of community writing i started with overwatch and esports but over time um i realized that what i'm really interested in um is the human stories behind games and Games as play, I think in a really fundamental sense, I'm drawn to games that allow us to like be social and engage in sort of childlike uh, emotions of play and imagination. Um, I think that's something that's really difficult to set up, but it's extremely rewarding, um, especially with the right group of friends. And um, I think this has been obviously a fantastic year for this with games like Among Us and Fall guys, but Sea of Thieves, yeah, has always been pretty close to my heart since launch. Um, I think it's just a really elegantly designed game. I think it's very much like a Daisy or an Eve Online, where even if you don't play the game, there are some really fantastic stories that can result. And um, it's a little less obviously adult than those games, or a little less serious, but I think it. That's actually a strength where it brings a wider variety of people together to sort of have those sort of stories and in-game experiences and so on. I'm curious, uh, you talked about Overwatch um, as kind of your, your starting point with uh, eSports. How do, how do you feel about the state of uh, eSports in general kind of three years down the line? So I got into eSports. Um, that's how I started my career. I was writing with PC Gamer and Red Bull eSports. And I think to a degree, I'm always going to follow esports and be interested in esports just because I find, again, like the human stories, um, they're so fascinating. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm getting older. It's a lot harder for me to keep up with competitive like shooters like Valorant or Overwatch. Um, I still play games of League of Legends or whatever, but my interest is really moving away from those sort of competitive experiences to like, things that I can do with friends, things that create experiences that I can remember, and things that have like a really pick-up-and-play quality to them, whereas esports has always been and probably will always be kind of tough to get into for 
a lot of people and probably will be for quite some time. Yeah, there's quite a bit of a learning curve when you're trying to be competitive in in anything you do. Um, so I, I I empathize with you immensely, or actually I sympathize with you when it comes to to wanting to find games that you can kind of pick up and play. Uh, it's it's part of the reason why I play uh, Heroes of the Storm casually in, in quick match and stuff. It's it's easy for me to drop in, pick a player that I am comfortable playing with, and do a couple matches, win or lose, and feel satisfied and. I think that's one of the things that I think CFEs really has going for it is, is that session-based uh, design where you can drop in and never really quite be sure what's going on on any given server at any time. You can kind of feel out some of the other ships, but that can change at any moment. And um, <clears throat> to speak to the the reason why I wanted to bring you on, this latest article that you put out, uh, how you, you were hostage in an alliance and uh, for a betrayal for the, the during the Ashen Lords, um, in the article you kind of talked to what it was like getting into an alliance server by accident, I would assume, and uh, subsequently finding out that the people that you were with uh, ended up wanting to to betray the alliance. So um, I was kind of hoping that you could maybe kind of recount the tale and, and give people at home a, 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 a audio version of your article. Yeah, absolutely. So I play Sea of Thieves a ton of different ways. I do, you know, uh, a full galleon with friends and we're on Discord, or I do solo sloops a whole lot. And I was doing one of those solo soup sessions, and I tend to be very go with the flow. Um, I just see what's going on. And I was sort of uh, confronted by this server-wide alliance that had started. And one galleon captain was very assertive, he was like, listen, we are doing the server-wide alliance. You have the choice to join the server-wide alliance and contribute as a solo sloop captain, or we will sink you, and we will sink you until you leave. And at the time, I was like, sure, you know, I'm planning to do a solo Ash and Athena's. Um, I would certainly appreciate having more gold and reputation added to my coffers throughout. Um, so I agreed to those terms. And as I got on my sloop, I was um, sort of impressed with the with the infrastructure this galleon captain had set up, where all of the non-sloops would be traveling as a fleet, going around to all the global events, fighting krakens and ashen lords and skeleton forts. And me and the other sloop captain were basically allowed to go about our business as you know, bringing in gold. Um, a member of the Brigantine was not as happy with this infrastructure. Um, and they planned, the Brigantine planned to sort of overthrow the Alliance, just out of pure spite, I think. Um, you know, and one of them crept onto my ship. And as I sailed away, he eventually pulled out his eye of reach and, you know, pointed it directly at my face and told me that I was now his hostage and we were going to uh, participate in a great betrayal. Um, which we did. We sailed around for a couple hours. We gathered up tons of gunpowder barrels. And then we finally rolled up on the Alliance as they were doing the Ashen Lords, but gunpowder barrels all over their ship. And it eventually all went up in explosions. <laughs> it was extremely <laughs> uh, just, I imagine, a big surprise for the Galleon to see their sh ship go up in just like a massive blast and the brigantines were just yelling at them it was a full-on mutiny at that point which was great 
Oh, I love to hear it. Um, yeah, I can imagine they probably weren't having too fun. So, um, I guess, I guess a couple questions that I had for you is you'd like to kind of go with the flow of, of sea of thieves, um, depending on, on the, the times that you jump on and whatnot. Uh, how, how do you generally feel as far as, um, this being something that is, is kind of organic with sea of thieves? Like this, this instance seems like it was kind of happened, uh, as a result of, of just one very assertive person taking charge and trying to, to rally, uh, the, the server. This is something that actually happens on the normal for other crews that actually purposefully try to spawn in multiple ships on a server and try to actually take over an entire server just for themselves. And you kind of found your way onto the server. Um, but I'm curious, how do you feel about people that try to uh, manifest a, a server alliance uh, on, on purpose? I think I'm really sympathetic to them because my number one complaint with Sea of Thieves right now, just like as a player, is the fact that it only has four players to a galleon and you cannot easily join a server with friends because I play with a large shifting group of friends. And there are times where, you know, I start a sloop voyage and then a, another friend pops on. So it's like, okay, do we can the sloop and start a brigantine? If we start a brigantine, will a fourth friend show up? And, you know, sometimes you have five or six people in one channel and it always feels really awful to be like, well, we're playing Sea of Thieves. You can just hang out and listen to us play Sea of Thieves. So I totally understand why you would want to have that server alliance. I think at a certain point, it does remove some of the charm of the game for me because you're essentially just getting as much golden doubloons out of it as possible. But golden doubloons don't really affect your in-game performance. They're just cosmetics. So it's not as if um, someone who's playing that way is going to roll up on my galleon and immediately smoke me with like their newly grinded incredible weapon. So I don't mm. think it's a, it's not a play style I personally would enjoy that much, but I, it's not something I begrudge. And I think I definitely understand the joy of just getting everyone on and just owning a server. I think that's probably a pretty fun experience and I wish it was easier to do that um, on your own. I know you, you tend to keep up with, uh, uh, see these as far as news cycle goes um, with regard to private servers uh, in, in their implementation of not having any kind of uh, gold or, or uh, commendations earned during those those private sessions um, do you feel like that affects the the, the gameplay loop too much where it, it kind of hinders the point of having a private server or do you feel like that's the right approach given uh how adventure and arena are currently set up to value cosmetics based on time spent in game well um that's a good question when i think about it i don't have a problem with private servers being more difficult to grind or the idea of private servers being something that is meant for fun and not it's not meant to be a replacement to the main gameplay cycle where you're jumping on and fighting with crews and having that organic experience. Um, but on the other hand, I'm really hoping that with private servers, I can play with more than three friends at once. And I think that would be a very normal use for private servers to be able to have that experience. So I'm hoping that right now private servers are very much in a test phase. Um, I imagine they want to make sure the infrastructure works. They want to make sure that, you know, the servers won't light on fire as soon as they release this feature. 
But I'm really hoping that this is the start of Rare really throttling back on the control of how a server works. Because realistically, I have seen people get into a dead server or set up a server-wide alliance. It's something that you can do. It's not particularly difficult. It's just time-consuming. And these people end up, you know, making hundreds of thousands of gold in a session anyway. The cat's kind of already out on out of the bag on that front. And so I'm just hoping that we get the experience I really want, which is this fluid, playing with multiple friends, setting up a fleet, if we want, experience out of private servers as they continue to be sort of developed and, and tested in the coming weeks or months. I think I'm right there with you. Uh, if I had to have a choice between private servers and a dynamic ship based system where I can have ships change ship type in session without having to to leave the server that I'm on because of the supplies or the 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 voyage that I'm currently working on. If I was able to increase to a galleon if more people came on or, or decrease to a sloop if people had to go. Um, as well as having an opportunity to to load up multiple ships with people and actually have the the lobby system be used as opposed to just expecting I'll start a ship and have people jump in on me uh, as long as I start the right type of ship to afford that that player placement. I think I would rather have those as opposed to private servers because at least it would still give me the 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 camaraderie the community building aspect of it that i want um without feeling like i'm a detriment to the normal mode or the the adventure mode where people feel like that's where the time spent is valuable um whereas private servers is just like renting out a movie theater for your, you and your friends for a birthday party or something yeah and i know there are things like the race of legends or the trivia ship or you know community ventures where people very much want private servers. I think that's awesome. You know, by all means, continue with that. I just don't think it's a solution for the for the common player's problem of like, yeah, you're you're locked to a ship once you start. Um, if you have a voyage halfway done, you basically have to abandon it if more friends get on and you want to start a new ship for them. Um, they did add save points to Tall Tales, and that's a nice that is a nice start. But I'm definitely hoping to see more in the coming patches. Are there other things in the game uh, with maybe say like events or biomes, uh, things, things that you've been, because when I look at the the list of articles that you've written uh, for the game, you've been in it for, for the long haul. Uh, you're, you're very much an OG pirate, even when the game launched. And I, I'm curious uh, as someone who's been there with you um, through the trials and tribulations that this game has, has dealt with, are there things that, you maybe wanted more of or or things that you hope come in future updates uh, or, or possibly story arcs that haven't been touched on? Oh, absolutely. I have a really long wish list for this game. Um, photo mode, I think, would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I am also a huge fan of Sirens. I think Sirens would be a really fun uh, open-world encounter where you got to play music or something to drown them out as they, and if you don't they pull you know they pull uh, your ship towards them against your will um i think that would be a great nautical threat i also want land animals like a giant boar or an enemy crab i think that would be fantastic and a lot of fun that being said um 
working in press and seeing games in progress and stuff, I try not to get too much into wish lists because I think there are a lot of things that players think would be fun. And then you hear about it being tested and it's surprising how many ideas hit the floor just because of reasons like, well, people just didn't use it like that. People, you know, we added sirens and it just frustrated people or we added X mechanic and nobody understood it, even though we thought it would be pretty transparent. I try to be really sympathetic to devs. Like, if they're not adding something, I'm assuming there's a reason why. Um, I know around the time they added Devil's Roar, for instance, they had a big problem with memory, where the game uh, could only have so much in it, and they had to refactor a lot of stuff and and, redo um, old assets and sort of undo a lot of the shortcuts they had taken in early production to ship it. so I know that they're always looking at things like that, but when it comes to adding a whole new area, like an ice region, um, I assume that there's technical stuff going on that would make that way more difficult. And I try to be, you know, sympathetic to that. Um, but yeah, no, those that's my big wish list right now. Photo mode, uh, big land-based encounters that are animals or non-skeletons and sirens. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on the pulse of where a lot of the the community is. Uh, I feel the same way. It, it's funny hearing you talk about your wish list because I feel like you're 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 basically. I, I'm either cribbing your notes or you're cribbing mine because it's exactly what I I would love to see some of those things for the game, uh, especially the photo mode. I feel like it's almost a disservice to the game to not be able to showcase it with a uh, with really well designed especially now that there's sales involved uh as a a contest reward for actually coming up with really well designed photographs um having a photo mode would be excellent and and i just i don't know i hope that's possible um i wanted to kind of dive into some of uh, your experiences in the past um but first i wanted to ask uh, how did you feel when uh, pets actually made it to the game? And were you really excited when cats made it? I was extremely excited when cats made it. I'm a big cat person. Uh, I have two rescue cats. They are both kind of garbage animals. <laughs> one of them <laughs> one of them has like kind of a smushed little face, uh, crooked ear, all sorts of, you know, missing one of his fangs, all sorts of little problems like that. We joke that. He is the most expensive thing we own. And my other cat is a little sweet monster who just demands attention all the time. So I was a huge fan of cats. Um, Pets overall, I was not super interested in them at first. I was like, okay, that is a legitimate money-making venture for them. Um, When it comes to Sea of Thieves, I played the game, like you mentioned, since launch. And they put out Hungering Deep, uh, Cursed Sales, just... uh, ton of dlc for free which i was really impressed by um so when they added pets and the pyre emporium my reaction was basically like yeah go for it that's cool like recoup your losses because i mean you deserve it as developers at this point you put the work in um but i was not super interested in pets until they added cats at which point i now own like eight pets because once you start it's really (laughs) hard to stop you know you're matching pets outfits and stuff Yeah, yeah, it's it's great to see. Um, I'm curious to know because you've been covering the game. I personally feel that the the cadence that Sea of Thieves is on right now, as far as content updates and, and continuing their their commitment to making free content for people, um, a lot of the community has shared some some 
contention with how much content's coming into the Emporium uh, versus the actual game to try and make sure that there's a revenue stream in for Sea of Thieves. Um, to to kind of keep that in mind, do you prefer the larger, more uh, hyped up events like uh, Curse Sales and the Hungering Deep and, and Forsaken Shores, or are you happier with the uh, constant monthly cadence of of having content rolled out month by month by month? Right now, I'm I'm definitely happier with the monthly cadence. The way that I understand it is they still have the same amount of employees working on things. When Sea Thieves came out, they had, I believe, one team working on Hungering Deep, one team working on Cursed Sails, one team working on Forsaken Shores. And that's why um, each successive expansion was bigger, because they all started at the same time. But, you know, due to linear time, they came out one by one. And and so Hungering Deep was just a little less polished. Um, And I still think they have people likely working on those projects. But the monthly system right now, I feel like I play a lot of online games. I play Warframe, Fallout 76, uh, Fall Guys, Dead by Daylight. Like I could go on for quite some time just listing the sheer amount of monthly monthly constantly updating online games I play. And as far as I'm concerned right now, Sea of Thieves is best in class in a lot of ways. I think the monthly updates are great. I think that's a good cadence. I, I am sure they have teams working on things like, I don't know, new regions, new monsters, all sorts of things, and then smaller things they ship out, like the Ashen Lords encounter or or things like the uh, Skeleton Thrones from back in the day. Um, and the Pyre Emporium, it's really difficult for me to get upset with that because, first of all, all story content, all quest content is free. Um, and the ship cosmetics, I don't actually love the store ones a lot of the time. Uh, the, uh, the Halo ship, I think, is super tacky looking, or the Gears of War ship. Um, mm-hmm. If you want, if other people like them and buy them, that's awesome to me. But like, I'm not; they are not to my taste. Um, and I come from like games like Fallout seventy six, where they will charge you for in game products, charge you for the game, and charge you a monthly subscription for more cosmetics. So see if these compared to that, it's absolutely like a dream. Um, if you're not in that ecosystem, I definitely can see why you might be frustrated with the Emporium's editions and, and, and feel sort of like pressured to get them. But for me, I, I don't have a problem with it currently. It's a much different landscape compared to my background in like World of Warcraft, where I expect that I have an expansion to buy every couple of years. I expect that I'm going to have a $15 a month subscription and they're also going to offer me services and pets and mounts and stuff through the, through the shop so that they can try and, and continuously, you know, pick at me from one angle or another to try and see like just how much they can get. And I'm noticing the same similarities in a game like destiny Two, where They've got their their Eververse and and uh, they they are charging per expansion, but uh, you know they don't necessarily have like a, a month by month subscription. So I, I can definitely see your perspective in in how the Emporium isn't as abrasive as some of the other monetization uh, systems out there for other games uh, compared to Sea of Thieves. So I I can appreciate that. Um, in yeah, I guess if I'm looking at just Sea of Thieves. 
the the trouble comes into the the quality of the game or the quality of the cosmetics that are coming into Sea of Thieves Emporium versus what we're getting in game with some of the recolor systems. Um, and it's a conversation I had recently with a, another fo- a friend that'll be coming out for a future episode. But um, given the the content that we've gotten with Sea of Thieves. Um, and in future content, do you do you prefer to see these recolors come out, or or uh, do you have like a set look for your pirate, and you just always stay that set, or or do you kind of look forward to what new stuff comes out uh, for the for the the black market content? I am really big on cosmetics as a rule. I'm the sort of player who like logs on and spends twenty minutes in whatever game I'm playing, being like, oh, my character's going to a cold place today. I need to dress up. And that's why I like games like Red Dead Online, GTA Online, um, anything that gives me a closet. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to Sea of Thieves, I am very sympathetic to people who do want recolors. Um, because, like I mentioned, I play with a solid group of friends. And I know I was logging on and doing cursed sales. I was doing all the monthly events. And they weren't because of life reasons, other games, just busyness. Um and I know that they're like, oh, I would have loved the Bone Crusher stuff or the uh, other original versions that are coming out as recolors. So that's fine with me. I can see why people would like it. Um, a lot of it isn't to my taste, but I do like stuff like the recolored parrot set or the recolored uh, ocean crawler set or kraken set. Um, also, in general, Rare have earned a lot of trust for me in their first year. I was very concerned that after Sea of Thieves had sort of a rocky start, that we would see Microsoft sort of crack the whip and Rare would be like, all right, $5 hats, let's go, you know, uh, as their primary market. And instead, they just put out content for a year straight. And so I'm very, that earned a lot of trust for me. And um, I tend to look at their stuff with a lot more of an optimistic eye because of that. I think they had the opportunity to pull the really uh, unfortunate make money fast store uh, opportunities and they did not take it then. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. So That's great to hear because I'm kind of in the same same situation where I, I would rather have this system over other systems. Um, I think the... The, you touched on something that really kind of uh, sparked a thought in my head because I I have a friend of mine who has been playing the game for quite a long time, uh, Thor von Blitz on Twitter, and he is adamant about uh, role play in his game, not necessarily in how he he talks, but how his pirate dresses. And uh, he's got an outfit for every situation. He has a swimming outfit. He has a rain outfit. He has a Forsaken Shores outfit. He's He's very particular about making sure that he's dressed for the occasion. Um, so when I when I look at a system with the recolors uh, and I think about like potential new content coming in, um, how do you feel about like uh, uh, the tall tales when it comes to RPing as your as your pirate? Do you generally like to go through the tall tales uh, with particular outfits, or, or do you find yourself kind of in the same? Uh, clothing or, or same situation that you generally play when you're out and about? Um, yeah, no, the tall tales are great and I definitely dress up for them. Um, I have a very 
I would say canon backstory in my head for my pirate where I figure, you know, I have read the comic books and the RPG and stuff. And I'm like, my pirate was born in the wilds. She's a captain of the wilds. And, you know, she has had certain adventures. And I dress to sort of fit her personality, depending on where we're going. It's less, what am I doing? And more like, ah, this is my pirate. I want her to look intimidating. I want her to sort of fit the image I have in my head. Um, And so I tend to dress up and take a lot of pictures, uh, sort of uh, not according to what I'm doing in game, just how I'm feeling on that day and that sort of thing. Um, I do like the dress up system a lot. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I do wish there was a more character customization. Like I recently bought a potion uh, just mm-hmm. because my character could not wear hats. Her forehead just looked really weird in hats. Uh, so I, I, I bought a pirate customization potion and I was a little disappointed to see I was back to the randomized gauntlet. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm generally pretty happy with the cosmetics and I have a lot of fun sort of dressing my pirate up for the day. I feel like I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but how do you feel? Uh, like, do you feel like it's a mistake at the moment that rare has moved towards, um, costumes compared to loadouts? Uh, if, if we were to say like, take one or other, I I feel like you would probably have more fun with a loadout system where you could customize an outfit and have that outfit set up. So all you had to click is that outfit and it would act as a costume, but just a customizable feature. Uh, compared to the costume system that we have now where rare has uh, developed much more elaborate looking outfits um, but they are essentially going over kind of replacing the the customization uh, that you can have with with clothing Ahoy there, pirates. Just wanted to let you guys know about something that's going on with Keelhauled Podcast. I am kicking up a Patreon. This is going to be my first uh, dive into this type of a program. I don't do it for any other stuff that I do. Uh, but because I'm making content for you, I'm hoping that there's a chance that you might consider supporting me. Um, I've got it started out uh, at the, the lowest entry, which is a, a sailor where you'll get ad-free content, uh, the podcast, and remove any of the the ads out of it so you won't have to worry about that. That starts at $3 a month. Uh, other tiers include the Crow's Nest at 5 uh, where you'll get the ad-free content, and I'll call you out on the show. There's even a captain and a gold hoarder tier uh, that have additional benefits to the Discord uh, community as well as the the Patreon with the ad-free content. Um, other than that, I wanted to let you guys know about uh, one of our sponsors that's actually Green Man Gaming. Uh, through the affiliate link in the show notes, you can actually head over to there like you normally would to pick up any kind of uh, content that you would for stream or for a, a Steam content. Um, you can also pick it up uh, for like the the Rockstar like Rex, Rockstar content right now is on sale for forty percent off on most games, up to seventy five percent. Private divisions have a, a sale for up to 56%. So if you like Outer Worlds, it's a good way to pick up uh, the Epic version of the game for cheaper than what Epic is going to sell it. So head over to the show notes for the affiliate link, uh, head over to the show notes for the Patreon link. And if you don't want to hear ads and you want to support me, that's a great way to do it. If not, hopefully this helps you guys out with uh, some ways to save some money on games. I think I would be a lot happier with costumes if I also got individual pieces. Like I could put on just 
the uh, Reaper's Bones gloves or the Merchant Alliance shirt. And the fact that it's all in one, I'm sure there are development reasons behind it or scheduling reasons behind it. Um, but I'm not as big a fan. That's right. Um, I think Red Dead Online tends to do this well, where you do have pre-made outfits that you can purchase, but then you get all of the individual aspects of that outfit. So you can go ahead and be like, okay, I'm going to change the hat and these pants and make something a little different out of it. Um, I do know they've added some staple outfit choices lately, which I did enjoy. Just some plain shirts, plain skirts and pants. I think that's a step in the right direction. And if they uh, continue to put out costumes or outfits, I hope they continue to put out individual items uh, and staple items so I can continue to, to make original custom outfits for my pirate. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, things like the Ruby Splashtail costume or the uh, the Shroud Shrouded Ghost Hunter uh, outfit or costume in this in this instance. I'm not a fan. I just they're not very aesthetically attractive to me. I'm sure someone out there is like, yes, this is my jam. More power to them. But I am very particular about my co- uh, my customization, and those are not for me. Do you think they're trying to chase some of the trends with other games as far as like Fortnite is concerned or, uh, uh, you know, games that are a little more out there as far as concept, uh, conceptual design, or do you think these were just kind of funny one-offs? I would think that these are funny one-offs or experiments. I think one thing that Rare is very aware of is that people like to go out on the seas with some sort of gimmick. And I think it makes sense to provide some like, sort of preformed gimmicks for people so that they don't have to uh, put together their own sort of silly ship, right? Like if I'm new to the mm. game, I can pick up a shrouded ghost and like that might spark my imagination for some sort of persona. I also think there are probably development reasons. Um, I know with World of Warcraft, for instance, there was this huge controversy with the Nightborn race where in-game the NPCs looked one way, but then the player characters looked another way. And it turned out there was like a lot of stuff about rigging and models with clothes already built on them versus customizable players. So if I heard the, that the costumes are just lower development and they're able to get them out faster because they don't have to worry about clipping and, and various mismatches and so on and so forth, that would make sense to me as well. Yeah, some of the conversations I've had with the devs have been suggestive that a lot of the reason why the costumes are preset is just because they want to try and have some elaborate uh, parts to the costume, but it doesn't work with the way that the with the way that the infinite pirate generator has set it up so that there's a, a multitude of possible pirates and how certain combinations won't look good with piecemeal parts. And that's why they had to kind of go with the, the full costume route. Um, I think your, your sentiment is, is the one that kind of goes across the board is a lot of people love the costumes. If they were able to kind of pick and choose parts of the costume, um, kind of thinking about, uh, going into the future. I imagine that the costume system is something that's going to be expanded upon, um, do you, do you think that that's something where you would like to see more, uh, actual pirates say like Blackbeard or, or, um, uh, some of the, the more, um, movie aesthetic like Jack Sparrow or Barbosa or, uh, have 
kind of ties to obviously they probably can't license some of that stuff or some of that stuff is just you know too hard to 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 replicate but something similar or akin to that uh in the future that would be great to see um i would really enjoy that i would also like to see more jewelry more you know you mentioned jack sparrow i love the beads and the hair that sort of thing um I just want to see more customization of our actual character. I think the curses are great. I think the scars are great. Tattoos. I would like more of that is my big uh, wish list item right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, it, especially with tattoos. I, I love the packs that they gave us, but I would love to be able to have full customization on where I have those tattoos uh, like on my on my pirate's body and stuff. As we kind of get closer in, I'm, I'm curious. Do you do you generally play on? I, I'm assuming you play on PC uh, for for the most part. Yeah, uh, I don't have an Xbox at this point in my life. I have a PlayStation. Like I'll probably grab a five at some point, and the PC, just because uh, uh, I live with my husband, and every time we buy a console, we have to buy two of them so we can both play, and we have our entire apartment arranged mm-hmm. so we can both, you know play a game without spoiling the other one or stuff. So I don't own an Xbox at this point. I probably won't for some time, if ever. But uh, I definitely... I do like playing with Xbox Pirates. I do feel like there are different communities to the game. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, this is a nice like Xbox bro. You know, it's very salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate those players. I'm, I'm curious uh, to, to kind of hear what your experience has been like Um because I'm, it, it always seems to to kind of come up with the 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 concerns about load times and stuff, and and I'm curious as you as we get closer and closer to the launch of the Series X and S, uh, and in the boast of the the load times for Sea of Thieves, um, as an as a writer, as a as a, a, a making articles for Sea of Thieves, um, have you already kind of planned out your approach to discussing some of the changes that are going to be coming as far as like the 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 smaller gap between PC players and Xbox players in regard to load times and and playability? I am interested in that to some degree. I know uh, with shooting mechanics, for instance, PC versus Xbox was a fraught topic for some time. Uh, it's not really at the top of my list for things I'm looking out for just because I do not own a console. So it's hard for me to sort of have that baseline experience to say, oh, well, it loaded like this on the one but on the Series X. It plays like this. I don't have that background to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it is super interesting and a little funny that right now Microsoft's entire next gen bid is like we have this total online library of worlds you can immerse yourself in you can grab a sea of thieves or state of decay and just play it anywhere you go and i'm like awesome could i invite my friend easily through your app and microsoft was like no absolutely not like i have (laughs) an xbox app and an xbox console companion app which one do i use to invite friends to sea of thieves i don't know I recently bought the game on Steam just so, you know, that's $45 I spent of my own money just so I didn't have to deal with Microsoft's online infrastructure. So that's really what I'm interested in. I would love if they, you know, uh, patch that up. But otherwise, I'm not too interested in the console versus PC sort of uh, discussion. 
It's an interesting perspective because I started on PC. I never owned an Xbox uh, One until this last June. And I'm right there with you. Uh, Having to have multiple apps. Uh, Originally, it was just the companion app because that was, you know, how I went about it uh, when, when, you know, you tried to invite people into your game back when we barely first got the private uh, party system before, you know, know, we used to have to try and have people log into a game or jump into a game before you could even launch the ship because otherwise it would just fill up with random people. Oh no, I remember that. Yeah. I forgot about it until now. Yeah, that was that was always fun. Um so now that now that we have public uh invites and, or pri- private invites, it, it's interesting to think about the fact that I have had to adjust like the the multiple ways on PC that I have to invite people and originally the companion app was adequate uh it it seems like they're kind of sunsetting that app but there's still functionality in there that isn't available through the game bar or through the xbox social uh, panel on the xbox app um i i'm really hoping that the game bar gets out of beta soon and that they really kind of shore up some of the loose ends on that on that program because the the reliability isn't quite there, but I have appreciated that I can have all of my chat. I can have a list of all of my friends uh, displayed at what they're playing, and I can invite them directly from there, and it pulls it straight into the game. the The Steam version that you're that you recently picked up, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about uh, the reliability of that because I I have my version, and I actually swapped back from my steam version where I wanted to get the hours counted for, for how how many hours I've been playing the game to um, the windows version, because I just had so many issues with inviting. So I'm curious, how, how's your experience been with the, the steam client version? Fun fact. I haven't tried it yet just because (laughs) I have to uninstall the game and reinstall it. And I haven't been playing with friends as much just because of the lobby issues we talked about earlier. Like, we have a we have like a fluid group who like log in every night, and so Sea of Thieves rarely comes up because we have like five people or three people. But um, I'm I'm a little bummed to hear that. I definitely feel like Microsoft like have to overhaul the game bar, right? Like it's their entire next gen pitch. It's the whole thing that Game Pass and X Cloud and the whole like ecosystem is built off of, and then it's just alarmingly 2006 technology. <laughs> So that's extremely weird to me. And I'm really hoping that like there's something coming and they, they, they're on top of that. They're, they're putting in some decent work into the game bar. Uh, I have been happy with the latest builds that they've put out. Um, it's been a lot easier to get friends into games and get parties started up to be able to chat with people. Um, I, I think, and, and this is a tough situation because I have to accept that hardware is a factor in the situation. But there's a, a bit of a, a latency issue between when I hit uh, WG or WinG and when the game pops up and which monitor is it going to be active on. And it's it's tough. Um, it's definitely not as easy as Steam or uh, like Battle.net or I would say even that even the Xbox itself natively uh, being able to invite people on the Xbox is just insanely easy compared to the 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 workarounds that you have to go through with windows game store or windows games um through the microsoft store 
I I'm hoping that they'll be able to to kind of just kind of make it a little bit more snappy. I think is my biggest issue. It's just not quite as snappy as I would like it to be. Were there other things that because it sounds like from for the most part you really enjoy the game and you're happy with it except for wanting to have some sort of dynamic ability to change ships to accommodate more players uh, and to be, be able to invite more than just four players into a, into a server and uh, more customizations for your pirate. Um, how are you as far as the actual events and uh, the economy right now? Because those are some of the, the main issues that I butt heads against is um, there are more and more world events and we're only ever able to get one at a time and they they linger around for quite a while so you either have to go do them or hope someone else does them if you want say like a skeleton fort when the fleets are up or the ashen lord is up but it's not the ashen lord that you want um how are you feeling in in regards to how much gold you have and and what type of events we have in the world right now um, so when it comes to gold, I'm doing okay, because I'm capable of knocking out a Ashen Athena solo in, like, a couple of hours of just, you know, I have it open on one monitor and listen to a podcast or something. So I, I'm doing okay on that front. It's not always, like, the most fun thing in the world where I'm, like, having a blast every single <laughs> mission I do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I'm fine. I, I feel like I have an adequate supply of new toys. I have a very full trust uh, treasure chest of ship cosmetics and dresses and stuff so i'm happy on that front um when it comes to the events i am the person who has been saying since day one sea of thieves does not necessarily need more content i think people have been going sea of thieves needs content since day one and i'm like what's content and they're (laughs) like stuff to do and for me the stuff to do is going with other players and having stories with them right Mm. so for me, like I never did the Fort of the Damned, but I think that's a cool idea. The idea of having a very elaborate sort of server-wide all-day event. Um, I think the individual, I think a skeleton ship battle is cool. I think Captain Flameheart is cool. Um, but none of that is really why I'm here for the game. And sometimes it's like a little sort of distracting to be like, oh yeah, no, that's up. Oh, that's up now. Oh, I have a Kraken. That means that a fort's going to be going up soon. I hope no one bothers me. Um, it's not really why I'm there. It's it's great sort of table dressing, uh, but I would prefer stuff like more Meg spawns, more Kraken spawns, um, more sort of just organic things that aren't announced by some sort of cloud. Mm, yeah, yeah. So m- more emergent threats than opposed to uh, waypoints on the on the horizon that you you can go to. Um, I'm, oh man, I just lost, I, I got so involved in what you're talking about. I forgot what I wanted to, to ask you later on. Um, I guess at that point it's, it's, it's really interesting to think about what some of the possibilities on the islands, cause it sounds like you're, you're speaking towards your desires as far as wanting to have different types of creatures on islands, uh, that, that you can run into. Um, are, are you thinking that uh, things like giant boars on islands or, or crabs would be something worked into the current faction system, or would they just be similar to like the megalodon, where they're just another type of of threat that you might encounter? And 
if that's the case, uh, how do you feel about them introducing more things like traps on islands where you have to overcome uh, environmental uh, uh, kind of threats? I love environmental traps on islands. The very first time I played Sea of Thieves, I got on my boat and I sailed straight to Snake Island and I was immediately murdered by snakes. <laughs> and I was like, no, you know what? That's very appropriate. Uh, the that's fine. Um, I love the snakes. I don't love Devil's Roar as much just because um, it's, you know, you'll have an earthquake and you're like, oh, is that a volcano? The stakes are a lot higher with Devil's Roar. You have to get out immediately if there's a volcano, especially if you're solo sleeping, that sort of thing. But I love the snakes. I would love to see more of that. Um, I don't necessarily think it needs to be tied to a faction. I would like to see, but I would like to see more reasons to be in the standard game world. And, you know, there's stuff like Tall Tales or the Thieves, Thieves Haven, Athena run. But they have, like, just gorgeous islands. Like, there are environments that have been in the game since launch that I still just love, like uh, Mermaid's Hideaway or, mm, yeah. or uh, Thieves Haven. Uh, I think look amazing, and I would love to have reasons to go there. I don't really have reasons to go there right now because money-wise, uh, The Devil's Roar is sort of where it's at. But it's so gorgeous and peaceful. I'm just like, Rare, please give me a reason to be here. And like a boar that you kill for some sort of boar treasure that sells for a lot, that would do it for me. And I would find it sort of really novel and interesting, especially because I love the art style for Sea of Thieves animals. Even the Megalodon's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious then, because uh, it, it sounds like you're, you're speaking a lot to the experiences that you have in the game. And, and you've mentioned that you've read the comics and you're, and you're happy with Flameheart. Uh, do you tend to latch on to the lore of Sea of Thieves? Um, yeah, I do. Definitely. I remember with, uh, Wanda, uh, before Cursed Sales, I was looking up theories about why she was, what she was hiding and what sort of curse she had. And I was in for it. I think pirate fiction is really fascinating because it's very, it's a very wholesome family friendly adventure genre. That's just kind of fallen out of style. Um, I think the closest thing you have to pirate films as a modern film franchise is like the Fast and the Furious movies, where <laughs> you have a crew of characters, you know, they're quite electric, uh, they're doing some sort of heist or big crime, you know, they talk about family a lot, come together, uh, there's ridiculous action scenes, right? <laughs> I, and and see, I think Scratches is a really great itch for me. Um, you know, I've compared it to Daisy a lot or Eve Online a lot, but I love that. Like, I could tell my buddy who has a kid, you know, Sea of Thieves is a great game, and he doesn't have to worry about like he could play it with his kid, and it would be perfectly fine. Or like, it's just a really nice, wholesome place to be. And even stuff like the creaking of the ship as I'm sailing and looking out at the waves, I love. And I don't have that in any other game. I think the closest thing would be like flying a no man's sky which is not really the same kind of experience yeah it doesn't feel quite as grounded with uh no man's sky it's it's it feel feels 
It's funny that I hear people uh, discuss their feelings about an empty server on Sea of Thieves because there's nothing, no one around to to fight or anything like that. But when I think of Sea, uh, think of No Man's Sky, it really does feel empty. You could be on an entire planet and never run into another person, uh, and and all you have is just a bunch of weird animals around you. Um, it's funny because I, I keep thinking about Dominic from from Fast and the Furious with a a big beard and a pirate eye patch <laughs> i can't get that out of my head um so I, i'm curious with with you investing in the lore then uh we're we're at the point right now where flameheart has kind of established himself as the main threat uh the ashen lords have come as a result of that uh from for the most part and now we're getting hints of of gold vaults with ancient treasure chests. Um, do you feel like there's still a pretty cohesive story, or are are some of the uh, content drops that we're getting a little too detracting from the main story arc? What I like about Sea of Thieves is I don't think there's necessarily a main story arc, or at least not one that's like traditionally told. And I put a lot of thought into this because I'm a huge dork. But right now, I think online games have a really hard problem with sort of um, storytelling that unfolds over like many patches or many years. And a great example of this, I think, is World of Warcraft, where every single year in World of Warcraft for the past like eight or nine year in the years in the universe, there is some insane global crisis, like a portal to another alternate reality opened and people are invading through it. Or we have to go to the afterlife, where literally every heaven and hell is real, and you can visit the uh, dead people, right? Like, you have very extreme, over-the-top scenarios that keep mounting. Um, And you can see problems with other games as well. I'm not going to go down the entire list, but because online games often have periods of downtime or inactivity uh, punctuated by patches, you know, it's just a, a difficult format to storytell in. And I feel like Sea of Thieves has actually done really well because they keep coming up with scenarios that, one, are interesting or or fun for, like, logging in for a patch. Like, doing the skeleton ships for the first time felt amazing, felt cinematic. And being there kind of makes me feel like I have been watching the progression. You know, I have seen, I met Stitcher Jim, and I you know, called him out and then he showed up to give me voyages and I was like, I'm watching you, buddy. And then the Reaper's hideout was built, that sort of thing. I watched that unfold and I think that's awesome. Um, but they're also able to sort of leave things as a status quo right now. The Sea of Thieves, you know, you can still go out on the Sea of Thieves and Captain Flameheart's still a threat. He's still rising and all that. But like, you don't have to worry about that. Um in the Mass Effect games, this is a huge problem where this narrative will be like, oh my god, the Reapers are coming. You have to save the world right now. And I'm like, yeah, but this this Turian lost his glasses. <laughs> so I need to go, I need to go find his glasses. He can't read his book without it, right? Yeah. So I think Sea of Thieves nails that sort of like really tricky balance of like, you need to have an updating story that's interesting, but it can't be just sort of overwhelmingly silly or like constant stakes raising. And I do think Sea of Thieves has nailed that. Um, I can see why people might not like it, or they might be like, you know, this is not a story I super enjoy, or I don't want to get yelled at by Flameheart every time I'm going around. And, like, that's legitimate. But overall, I'm pretty happy. And I feel like there's room for us 
to thwart Flameheart and to go back to fighting a smaller scale threat like the Megalodon or the Reaper's uh, faction or Stitcher Jim. I think right now they're doing a really good job at sort of controlling the stakes um, as opposed to just going full throttle and being like, this month Flameheart's back and now everything's on fire forever. Um, that's sort of very intense uh, escalation that a lot of games tend to do. Well, your levity to a lot of the issues that I have has definitely made me feel more sound in in how the game is being perceived because obviously my perspective is just just that and uh, how I feel about it definitely definitely skews in in my in favor of how I feel. So it's it's nice to hear that the concerns that I have with certain things in the game uh, don't always impact the way that I expect them to impact uh, everyone. So it's it's been a real joy to, to hear you talk about how you feel about the game and different aspects of it and has really helped try and uh, craft a, a, a different narrative for for how Sea of Thieves can be can be talked about uh, as a whole in general. So um, I wanted to thank you again for for coming on. I know it was kind of random for me to hit you up on Twitter uh, after you if you posted your latest article. But if folks want to get an opportunity to read into some of the other stories that you've talked about, uh, like the Aesop's Fable and stuff, um, they can find you over on uh, Polygon under uh, uh, Cass Marshall, correct? Yep. And I'm also on Twitter. You can just search Cass Marshall and verified. The handle is Rick Queen GG, R E Q U I N E G G. And uh, yeah, I post a lot of the work I do there, or I just make uh, very silly jokes. I do swear a lot, so be prepared. But uh, yeah, you can find me online either on Twitter or polygon.com. Awesome. And are, are you publishing any work outside of uh, the articles that you write for Polygon? Uh, not right now. I do a lot of, uh, pen and paper games in my free time, which is a lot of fun, but not very publishable because, you know, it's essentially fan fiction. Yeah. Um, but if I do have any creative projects, you'll see it on my Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. And I, I appreciate you uh, working with me on, on scheduling and stuff. It's been really, really fun to get a chance to talk with you. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, you know, some future patch, we can, uh, chat again about what what's going on in the world of sea of thieves i I would love to and and i'm looking forward to uh your your next adventure on the seas and reading it on uh on polygon um thanks again appreciate it All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Cass for coming on to the show to help out uh, talk about Sea of Thieves and discover uh, some of the articles that you guys might not have noticed have been going around over on Polygon covering Sea of Thieves for the last two and a half years. Uh, wanted to reach out to everyone that wrote in with a review this week. I got one from New Zealand uh, from uh, Flying Potato 420. Just says Poggers, five stars, Pog Champ. I appreciate that. And then uh, last, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, FinBob2 wrote in, uh, updated his review or her review, their review, uh, says, yeet, five stars, a lovely podcast. Thanks, FinBob. And for everyone else, uh, the show gets better and gets out to more people because of you. Uh, you're the one that directly impacts how Apple does the podcast algorithm. So let's fight the algorithm, as uh, Blunty says on YouTube. And make sure that your reviews are getting in there to help out. Make sure that the, the show gets into the charts and that the people looking for good Sea of Thieves content are getting that. And again, thanks to uh, Robots Radio Network for helping promote the show.
through the network as well as getting uh, advertising for, for this show in other shows as well. So make sure you guys are listening to the Robots Radio podcast as well. That's going to do it, Pirates. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Myth is a podcast about the very soul of humanity. Join me each week as I explore stories from our history, from our mythologies, about what it means to be human. I'm your host, Tom, and Myth is available on every podcatcher anywhere. And if you're familiar with any of my other work, then you might realize that Myth is like a lore cast, but for humans. Join me each week on Myth. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.